This is episode 349 of the AWS podcast, released on December 5th, 2019. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back, and it's the last episode of the week. There may be a few catch-up bits and bobs over the coming weeks, but this is the last of the big episodes from the reInvent week for 2019, and I hope you've been enjoying the coverage and that it's been useful to you. So a few very cool updates today. We've just announced the Amazon Builders Library. Now, this is a really good insight into how we build our services, some of the lessons we've learned, sometimes the hard way. And these are written by technical leaders within our organization who are responsible for or deeply involved in building some of these systems. So there are a whole raft of different topics. Some of them are really useful for the things you might be doing. So for example, how to avoid insurmountable queue backlogs or building with distributed systems or how to handle back off and introduce Jitter, etc. A whole lot of really interesting features and functions. These are going to grow over time and they cover both architecture and software delivery and operations as well. The collection is available today. It's for free. Check it out. Very, very interesting stuff. And I would wager that uh, we all can learn something from some of those articles. And now some announcements that are really handy for people who are building applications. Amplify Data Store allows you to now simplify the development of offline apps with GraphQL. Now, if you haven't come across the Amplify framework, it's a command line tool and library that lets you build web and mobile apps very, very quickly using cloud-based services. So with just a few lines, you can build out the whole structure of your application. Now, AWS customers told us that some of the most difficult tasks when developing these apps was to synchronize data across devices and to handle offline operations. And yes, those things are hard. So for example, when a device is offline, you still want your customers to be able to use your application and also access data and then create and modify data as well that gets synchronized when the application is reconnected to the back end. And then you enter the wonderful world of conflict resolution, which is not a good place to be. So we are introducing Amplify Data Store. This is a persistent on-device storage repository for developers to read, write, and observe changes to data. It lets you take advantage of distributed data without having to write the additional code for the offline or online scenarios. Now you can use Amplify Data Store as a standalone local data store in your applications with no connectivity to the cloud or any need to have an AWS account. However, if you combine it with your cloud backend, it will transparently synchronize the data with an AWS AppSync API when connectivity is available. Now, this will take care of the versioning of the data, conflict resolution, and other resolution issues using AppSync. The toolchain also generates object definitions for the programming language of your choice based upon the GraphQL schema developer's guide. So this is a very powerful way to get up and running very quickly and take care of some of the undifferentiated heavy lifting of data synchronization, which in my experience has always been an absolute nightmare. In addition, we're also releasing a preview of Amplify iOS and Amplify Android open source libraries. Now these enable mobile developers to build scalable and secure cloud-powered serverless applications. So you can add things like analytics, AML, API access, data store, which we just mentioned, and storage to your mobile application using these libraries. Now support for escape hatches in Amplify allow you to use generated iOS and Android SDKs for additional use cases as well. 
So these libraries are use case centric, which is different to the AWS service centric mobile SDKs. And these provide a declarative interface that let mobile developers programmatically apply best practices with abstractions, which means you have a faster development cycle and less lines of code. Now you could use these libraries with backends created using the Amplify CLI or your existing AWS backend. And it's our recommended way to build mobile applications powered by AWS services. Now this release also includes support for the predictions category in Amplify iOS, which lets you add AI ML use cases into your applications very quickly without any ML experience. Lots more information in the blog post and lots more information about the framework and we'd love to get your feedback on what you think of it. Now, speaking of uh, application development, APIs are the kind of uh, connective tissue that connects everything that we do. And we are now announcing that the Amazon API gateway has what we call the HTTP APIs. Now, these allow customers to build high-performance RESTful APIs that are 71% cheaper than the REST APIs that are also available for API Gateway. So HTTP APIs are optimized for building APIs that proxy to AWS Lambda functions or HTTP backends. So these are really useful for that specific serverless workload use case. So you can either use HTTP APIs or REST APIs from API Gateway. REST APIs give you a wide variety of features for building and managing RESTful APIs. The HTTP APIs are up to 71% cheaper compared to the REST APIs, but only offer the API proxy functionality. So they're optimized for performance and they give you the core functionality that you need for a lot of use cases at a much lower price without all the other capabilities that you might not use. So these simplify the building experience for some of the most common features that you'd need to have. Uh, in terms of integrating with your serverless application or just proxying a request to your HTTP endpoint. They come with standard API gateway functionality like throttling, metrics, logging capabilities, and you can secure your APIs using OIDC and OAuth2 out of the box. Uh, so you can get up and running very, very quickly. Pricing-wise, for example, in US East 1, it starts at $1 per million requests. This is available in eight regions in preview, US East 1, US East 2, US West 1, US West 2, EU West 1, EU Central 1, AP Northeast 1, and my old friend AP Southeast 2. Give it a go. Another preview that's available is for EKS, the Amazon Elastic Kubernetes service. It now provides a developer preview for the Amazon EC2 A1 instances. Now this has been updated with support for the latest Kubernetes versions, global AMI availability and bug fixes. This is a really useful instance type because it gives you significant cost savings for scale out and for ARM-based applications. So web servers, microservices, etc. So take a look at that. If you're a user of Amazon Chime, the Amazon Chime meeting apps for Slack is now available. So you can now start and join Amazon Chime meetings directly from your Slack workspace channels and conversations. So this makes it easy to get up and running very, very quickly and integrates the experience. And speaking of video, Amazon Kinesis Video Streams now has support for real-time two-way media streaming with WebRTC. So WebRTC is an open source project that lets you do real-time communication between web browsers, mobile apps, connected devices, etc., using a nice, simple set of APIs. And Kinesis Video Streams with WebRTC lets developers build their applications with real-time two-way media streaming and interactivity between applications and connected devices. So often this would be used for things like uh, interactive video and audio between a video doorbell or a baby monitor and your mobile phone, video chat, peer-to-peer -peer media streaming, etc., etc. So you can get up and running very, very quickly. It's a fully managed capability. You don't have to build, operate, or scale any 
WebRTC related cloud infrastructure like signaling or media re relay servers. There's lots of backend stuff that happens for this to make it easy for you to get up and running. And finally for today, a quick update for Amazon Neptune. It now includes what's called Amazon Neptune Workbench. So you can now query your graphs from within the Neptune console using either Gremlin or Sparkle queries. You get a fully managed interactive development environment that lets you live code. You can do narrative text within Jupyter Notebooks. Uh, you can also do the bulk loading capabilities, query planning, query profiling. This gives you a lot of choices. In fact, I was looking for this a few months ago and I was using it for something else. So I'm pretty excited about this. I think it'll open up the world of graph-based databases to a lot more people. So that's it from me this week. I hope you've enjoyed the coverage. I hope it's helped you uh, keep across all the things that are going on at reInvent and all the uh, interesting new capabilities and features. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.